You're listening to the Washington Weekly Review. I'm the Southeast Iowa Union's Kaylin McCain. It's the week of August 27, 2022. Our local stories this week feature the Washington Library, a rural subdivision, and Highland Schools. But first, the big picture. Waste management facilities are having a harder time offloading recyclable glass in southeast Iowa. As of this week, the recycling center operated by Womiga in Washington no longer plans to recycle bottles until further notice. Owner Lynn Whaley said it hopefully wouldn't be a permanent change. You know, I want to keep that door open in case we, you know, do get a market for it. But right now, we don't have a place to take glass and get it actually, what I would say, recycled in a manner that um, people think things get recycled. Like, you know, you take glass and you make glass back out of it or you make another product out of it. Um, the market for, for glass is just not there. And it, it is there in different areas. Like we could take a clear to Kansas City and get it recycled. But feasibility, uh, yeah, that's just, that's just next to impossible. You know what I mean? The center is still accepting glass waste, but can't assure users that it will be recycled. You know, I'm going to keep it separate because if you don't and you just say, oh, just put it in the trash, you know how hard it is people, if you, you get a new market for it, if you get them to start going back to it's like retraining everybody. It's like, oh, you don't want to do that. And that's fine. We'll put it in that bin. And we can't recycle it, then we'll have to dispose of it. But if you if you eliminate it, then it's like, and then you find a place for it. Now you got to retrain everybody to go back and use the recycling bin again. So I think it's smarter just to keep doing what we're doing. That's the big picture. Stay tuned for the local news right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Cafe Dodici. Stop by and enjoy a stylish dining room decorated with art from around the world, or have a meal on the European-style patio. Dodici's serves lunch and dinner Wednesday through Saturday, or you can come in for Sunday brunch. Dodici's offers new specials every week. The Value Meal features a three-part lunch special for just $12.12, and the Blue Plate is a three-course dinner special for just $21.12. You can double up your savings on Thursday nights with half-off bottles of wine. Treat your senses to a gourmet meal, complete with craft cocktails, fine wines, and richly decorated ambiance, all with a view of Washington's beautiful downtown. You don't need a plane ticket to savor Italian food and award-winning cuisine. The Washington Public Library is seeking feedback from the community with a survey open until September 15. Director Carrie Ann Siegfried said the responses would shape the building's strategic plan, which she hopes to launch at the start of the next year. Everybody knows libraries over the past couple of years have really changed um, their, their their services and, um, you know, our, our community's kind of personal habits and ways of using the library have changed, too. So, I mean, really, this is a perfect time for us to kind of reassess where we are and, and where we're going and, and what needs from us. Siegfried said it was important that the community have a chance to shape those plans. A public library serves the, the community. So the services that are offered, um, you know, both in terms of our, our services within the facility, as well as programs and services that, you know, we may offer virtually, you know, just, just overall should be decided by the community. Uh, because public libraries can be a lot of different things. 
and as, as the library director and, and our library staff, we shouldn't be the ones who are making those decisions about what the community wants in library services. The library hopes to get replies from a diverse swath of the community. We would like teenagers to respond um, to the survey. We would like young families to respond to the community, um, you know, just like we would like senior citizens to, to, to respond. We would like to hear more from our Spanish-speaking community, which is why we had the, the survey translated into to, to Spanish. So I think more important than just the sheer number of responses, it's important for us to really have kind of broad and diverse responses. But we would like to hear from people who use the library as well as people who don't use the library. Sometimes by taking the survey, people can realize, oh, I didn't know that you all did that. Or in terms of what the priorities could be in the future, they don't realize that this is a service that um, a public, my public library could provide. And hey, it would be great if, if they would do that. So I would love to hear from non-library users just as, just as much as from, from folks who use our services. The Washington County Board of Supervisors narrowly approved a preliminary plat for Part 3 of the proposed Timberline Estate subdivision south of Riverside. The 3-2 vote Tuesday morning came after 80 minutes of comments, many of them from residents who had complaints about the development's possible impacts. George Giroux, a farmer in the area, said he worried about runoff and flooding. The opportunity and the whole purpose of the subdivision ordinance is to stop this type of development from occurring that harms those downstream. When it comes to springtime, when the ground froze, and you're getting ample rainfall, and that storage basin is going to be full, and then another quick rain comes, that's going to inundate. That's going to make that pond, that retention pond, is actually going to make the problem worse. I've had some structures along that creek. Uh, I own most of that land upstream. And I've had dams fail. Area resident Mary Ann Parton said the Level B road to the area was unsafe. It's a Level B road. It's a dirt road. But it has more travel on it than a lot of the gravel roads. Um, there's 20 new houses, 24 new houses. If they come in, that's um, twice that many cars that are using that road morning and night because I would imagine most of them work um, someplace and have to go to or from and I just think that that road needs to be upgraded before anything is done with another subdivision. Supervisor Marcus Fedler said concerns were being addressed with the developer and that the proposal met county regulations. Right now, everything just flows right over that hill and right into the creek. At least this way, a, a large portion of it is detained and then another portion of it is detained. Um, by not doing this, um, I think it creates a bigger problem than by doing this. So, uh, and, and the engineer would agree, uh, the engineer that did the, um, the study on this um, would agree that the Q value actually is in, in, improved. Upgrading of roads is something that has been discussed already. We've had a, uh, a meeting outside up here to discuss that, um, along with some other things that are going on in that particular area, uh, 130th and 135th. Um, the engineer is well aware of the um, additional load. Um, so the goal is uh, 
to make some type of agreement where we can um, improve all of those uh, roads in that area. Supervisors Stan Stoops and Bob Yoder voted no. While others said it would be around two months before the final plat, Yoder said he wanted more time. For me, there's some unanswered questions. and I guess I, I'm not against the subdivision in itself, but I think we need to do some more discussions and some more questions need to be answered. Highland Schools started off the school year this week with a new mascot and new mission statement. Superintendent Ken Crawford said the school was still represented by a Husky, but that it needed a consistent symbol. And that's going to be, as we told all our coaches and all our parents, um, that if you're going to put anything on a shirt or if you're going to put anything um, up, uh, up around the building, um, it's going to have to be that Husky head. We want a consistent consistency of that and the pride in that versus everybody picking up a different one. I mean, in our gym, I've counted three different Husky heads up on banners, uh, wall drawings, and, and uh, our uh, backboard stuff. And it's just like, that makes no sense to me. We need to market ourselves, align ourselves, and deal with the culture of our building and improve all of that for the students and for the uh, staff that's here. As the district seeks to define what it means to be a Husky, board officials have also changed their mission statement to focus on all learners with a culturally responsive environment. Crawford said he was happy with that adjustment. Because we want everybody to be involved in that, not just students. And we want to be culturally responsive. We want to have continuous learning in a culturally responsive environment. A lot of things are changing um, out there, and we want them to be ready to, to react to so many different environments that they're going to run into, whether that be post-high school jobs, post-high school education. Um, everything's not going to look like Highland. So there's a lot of different things out there that we want them to be culturally ready for. To achieve those goals, Councilor Peggy Swab has launched a SPIRIT initiative. It is an acronym. It stands for Service, Personal Responsibility, Integrity, Respect, Impact, and Tenacity. When I interviewed here, they told me, hey, we really want to do something with our school climate, and our students here are the pride of our community. So Husky Spirit is really about investing in the pride of our community and holding them accountable and creating a safe environment for them to become the next adult. That's the local news. Stick around for the best news I've heard all week, right after this. The Southeast Iowa Union has video shows now. You can tune in to Washington Live on Facebook every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning to watch our morning show, hosted by Jaron Rosine. We bring in guests from the community to talk about what they have going on and play the birthday game, discuss the police blotter, and other shenanigans. If that's not your thing, check out the same Facebook page every day at 3 p.m. for Newsbreak, hosted by our video producer Nick Steffens. It gives a quick rundown of the next day's paper so you can stay in the loop. Follow Washington Live on Facebook or YouTube to check out the shows. Thanks! And now, the best news I've heard all week. Developers, chamber members, and city officials broke ground on the Country Club subdivision in Washington this week. Washington Economic Development Group Director Mary Audia said it was a major milestone for the development. This is huge for the city of Washington and for all of the people. So we wanted to be sure to recognize you for your outstanding and invaluable service to our community. This is from the Washington Chamber Ambassadors are here to celebrate with you today. You're groundbreaking on August 23rd, 2022. Way to go, you guys. Congratulations.
Developer Jeff Hazlett said he was excited to be underway. What people don't understand is that Scott and I have been working to try to acquire this piece of ground for seven, eight years. We finally get the ground acquired. Now we've been working on the subdivision just itself for probably a good year. It takes that long and there's so many people involved that have been extremely helpful like the city. Um, but it just takes so much time and now that we're finally here, let's go. Yeah, let's build some houses. Thanks for tuning in. Washington Weekly Review is a product of the Southeast Iowa Union, which is owned by the Gazette. You can call 319-653-2191 to get your message on the show. If you want to support us without spending money, copy a link and share it with somebody. We appreciate all the help we can get. That's all for now. This has been the Washington Weekly Review, and I have been Kaylin McCain. Have a great week.